Hi everyone and welcome to Understand the Bible, Thought for the Week. Uh, this time we're in January uh, as I'm recording this and I thought we'd start a new series. We've been looking at the Psalms up till Christmas uh, but from today I thought we might turn and do something a bit different and I thought from January for the, you know, um, for a few weeks anyway, we could turn to the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Now, those of you who've already done the New City Catechism of the Heidelberg on the Understand the Bible website will know what a catechism is. It's just a way of learning the Christian faith uh, week by week through a series of questions and answers. And with each question and answer, you look at a few Bible verses to help you kind of um, understand. And it's a really good thing to do. And it's good whether you're a new Christian, whether you're exploring faith or whether you've been a Christian for a long time, there are things that we can learn uh, from it. And so that's what we're going to do. The Westminster Shorter Catechism was produced back in the um, sort of mid 1600s, um, back in, in Westminster in, in England. And um, it's one of the most well-known sort of catechism, Protestant catechisms today. The other one is the Heidelberg, which I've done, and that's on the website if you want to, to look into that. Um, but this one I haven't done before. Um, now, what's the value in catechisms? And I'd just like to read you a short story from, or a short kind of um, account from um, a, a theologian called B.B. Warfield, an American theologian. Let me just read you what he says. I think this is quite funny, uh, but also quite, quite true. What is the indelible mark of the shorter catechism? We have the following bit of personal experience from a general officer of the United States Army. He was in a great western city at a time of intense excitement and violent rioting. The streets were overrun daily by a dangerous crowd. One day he observed approaching him a man of singularly combined calmness and firmness of mien, whose very demeanour inspired confidence. So impressed was he with his bearing amid the surrounding uproar that when he had passed he turned to look back at him only to find that the stranger had done the same. On observing his turning the stranger at once came back to him and touching his chest with his forefinger demanded without preface, what is the chief end of man? On receiving the countersign man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Ah, said he, I knew you were a shorter catechism boy by your looks. Why, that was just what I was thinking of you, was the rejoinder. So there we go. Um, if you want to keep your calm during a uh, during a rioting and everything, and actually it just made me think of, um, I've heard the, about the news last night about what was uh, happening on Capitol Hill. Unbelievable kind of things going on. Then the shorter catechism is for you. So here we go. This is, it's already actually um, included question one in, Q&A one in, but we'll go through it anyway. And really this is thinking, the first question, what is the chief end of man? You could say that um, uh, it's kind of like, well, what's the purpose? What's our purpose here in life? Now, why has God put us here? What is the meaning of life? Now, it's the big one, really. This is the big one. And this is what the Westminster Catechism starts with. It's the big one. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. To glorify God and, and to enjoy him forever. That's what we're here Four. So let's look at a couple of Bible verses. We're just going to look at two verses today and to understand what this means. The first one, uh, we'll look at what it means to glorify God. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse uh, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So uh, Paul is saying here that everything we do should be done for God's glory. That's what, that's what we're here for. 
That's what our lives are, are for. It's for God's glory, to bring glory to him. And, and that's a good thing. And the reason is that God made us. He made us as human beings to display his glory. Now, think about everything good about human beings. Think about, you know, the wonderful relationships, the the achievements, you know, the um, landing man on the moon, you know, the scientific discoveries. Think about human society, the good things about it, you know, the sports, the the arts, um, the music, the sciences and everything, all of those wonderful things. And it displays the glory of God. It displays his goodness, his wisdom, his creativity, his love, his power. All of those kind of things. There was a theologian back in the um, the early church, very early on actually, um, not long after Christ um, died, sort of in, just in the century or so after that, called Irenaeus. And he said this, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. And that's what God made us for. He made us to live lives fully you know to the full this is what Jesus said John chapter 10 verse 10 Jesus said I came that they may have life and have it to the full that's what our lives are there for that's what our lives are about now we should be living lives to the full and that displays God's glory when we do that so that's the first thing that our lives are for God's glory Um, But the second part of that is that we should enjoy him forever. And the verses that they include from this are, are Psalm 73 verses 25 and 26. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So this says earth has nothing I desire beside you that God is our our portion forever now what does that mean now that doesn't mean that it it seems to contradict what we were saying just a moment ago that you know that the glory of God is a human being fully alive but what this is not a contradiction what it is actually is saying that everything good in this life behind everything good in this life stands God and he is the giver he's the one who gives those good gifts and he's the one who um, who helps us and gives us everything we need, who fulfills us through all of those things. So it's not that, you know, we want God apart from all of those earthly things, but rather it's saying that God stands behind all of those earthly things. And that when we recognise that and when we live life that way, that's when we really do begin to glorify him, to enjoy life. There's a contrast between the way that we can act. And some people just live life purely for for earthly pleasure and they live for maybe for their their career or maybe for, you know, for sex sometimes or maybe for um, money or power. You know, there are lots of earthly things that people live for. But at the end of the day, when people get them, they don't satisfy and this is the this is so many people have testified to this that when they get what they want it turns out not to have been what they really wanted but on the other hand if we live life with god he can give us in a much much deeper way what we really want because what we really want is him and and through him you know all of the good things that he gives us in this life 
This is something that I've only really begun to learn, I think, over the past year or two. Actually, I've been a Christian for almost my whole life, and it's something that I've only just kind of come to you know, begin to understand um, in these past few months. But that God is, you know, when we look to God, when we pray to him, when we take our desires to him, when we take, um, you know, what we want uh, to him and, and everything, then he can, can help us and, and fulfill us uh, all of those things in a way that earthly things never could. And that's that's what um, that's the important message, I think, of of this, that you know, life is supposed to be lived with God and that when we live lives with God to his glory, that is far more um, full life and far more fulfilling than any life could be in this in this earth if we lived without God. So that's the message of uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism. Question one, it is the purpose of life to glorify God, to live full lives, to enjoy him and to enjoy the things that he gives us as gifts, to walk with him, to take our desires to him, to, to live a sort of God-centred life. And that is the, the best life, the fullest life, um, you know, that everything that we could want is, is there with him, with God. Let's take a moment to pray now and ask God to help us kind of begin to understand these truths for ourselves in a deeper, deeper way. So let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us to live lives which are more for your glory and where you are the centre uh, to enjoy you forever. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that uh, you are um, you want us to live lives full lives which glorify you and we pray that you would help us to do that and help us to know what that means for our situations wherever we may be today. We just pray and commit these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks very much for uh, for joining me today and um, I hope that you will look forward to the next sessions. The Westminster Shorter Catechism is, is great. I mean I haven't, haven't done it before but it's really famous for a reason. And um, yeah, don't forget to check out the rest of the website. Don't forget to subscribe. You can do that on YouTube. You can do that on Facebook. And there's a podcast as well. And this will be going on the podcast too. So thanks very much, everyone. And I hope to see you again soon for the next session. Um, until then, God bless. <laughs>